Hi, this is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. I'm working on a new special for Sci-Fi Talk called The Golden Age of DC Animation. We start off with Batman the Animated Series and go from there. They'll be available on this feed as well, but you can only get the entire series on Sci-Fi Talk Plus commercial-free as well. So check it out. You can enroll in my show notes. But this episode looks at Batman Beyond. Hi, this is Tony Tolado. Batman Beyond celebrated a milestone birthday in 2019. It turned 20. Some of the creative team and voice actors gathered at New York Comic Con to celebrate, and we start off with producer Alan Burnett. I, you know, I look back on it fondly because I liked working with all the people we worked with. We had a terrific writing team, Paul, Paul Dini, Stan Berkowitz, who did the old Superboy show the, a long time ago, and um, Rich Fogel, who I worked with throughout my career, and um, 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 Bob Goodman, who was... Um, uh, who did Elementary, was a producer on Elementary, among other shows. So, and Hilary Bader, who's no longer with us, unfortunately, but she was wonderful to work with, too. So she, and she's from uh, uh, Lois and Clark. So that was a great writing team. And then we had outside people who were terrific, too. So, so I look upon it, I, I miss the people. There's more sci-fi talk, so stay tuned. This was risky right from the beginning. Well, we, we took kind of a chance on it because the network wanted to do a young Batman. And uh, for, for a few minutes, we just talked about doing young Bruce Wayne. And then we decided, no, that wasn't going to work. And the idea of Bruce Wayne being older and having this protege suddenly got our attention. And, um, but we thought, we were, we were careful with it because we knew we had a legacy to to um, come up to. And so I didn't know quite what the reaction was going to be. But in-house, where we were working, we were having a good time with it and just felt good, felt right. So I was happy when uh, the fanboys and everybody liked the series. So, And then it, it has a bit of a life on its own now. And comic books and, and the character still continues. The network wanted to do a young show, a young Batman show, because they wanted to do, <laughs> they wanted to get the six to eleven year old audience, and uh, the, the old Batman show had not gotten that audience. It was, uh, it was a show that got fourteen year olds, and so they said, let's do a young Batman, then we'll get the audience. But they had the same, it was the same crew, and and strangely, in the future, with a with a kid. Uh, the show got kind of darker, and, and and the crew who was working on it, you know, had we all had the feel for Batman, and we couldn't just do a six to eleven year old show. It was impossible. And I learned something from that. I learned that if you want a big change, you get all new people because uh, the the other people have they have mind their, their mind is set toward toward what they've done before. And it was good what we did, but that's why it was only 52 episodes. They thought in the end, we're not getting our 6 to 11 year old audience, and so that was it. We were serious folk, so we couldn't, so, you know, and we had, uh, we wanted the fans not to be cheated out of 
not, not, we didn't want to talk down fans, down, down to the fans. We wanted to elevate the show and make it rich and make it Batman. On the connection between Batman and Terry McGinnis, and about the fact that he could have been a clone of Bruce Wayne. Dude, I, I didn't work on Justice League Unlimited, and I never wanted him to be the um, uh, Batman Beyond. I never wanted Terry to be uh, Bruce's have Bruce's DNA, mm. and so I don't accept it. Uh, I'll tell you that right off the bat. And I've talked, and Bruce and I are, very, are friendly about this. And I just my feeling about Batman is that he's the most democratic hero, superhero, because anybody can become him. They don't have to be heir to the throne. They don't have to have the same DNA. It's your own willpower that makes you the superhero. We'll have more of my look at Batman Beyond at 20, so stay tuned. Hello, I am C-3PO, Human Cyborg Relations. This is Leonard Nimoy. Hi, I'm Angel Colby. Um, I play Guinevere in Merlin. Hi, this is Billy Boyd. I play Pippin in Lord of the Rings. And you're listening to Sci-Fi Talk. Live long and prosper. Back on Sci-Fi Talk is we have Will Friedel from the Roundtables at New York Comic Con who voiced Terry McGinnis, a.k.a. the new Batman in Batman Beyond. Yeah, I had never done voiceover before. So, um, yeah, straight up audition process. And the only reason I actually got the audition is because Bruce Timm's wife was a Boy Meets World fan. And she said, that guy there, I think, you know, he has a great voice. You should bring him in for something. And so I always say, thank, thank you, Bruce Timm's wife, or I'm, I'm not going to be sitting here right now. He talks about his attraction to the role. Having never done animation at all and to step into Batman, and I'm a, a huge animation fan and was before I went in, Batman the Animated Series to me is still arguably the best animated series of all time. So knowing that it was going to be Kevin and the whole same crew and Andre and everybody, it was, how, how would you not want to go in and do that? So it was, yeah, I, and I didn't, I still don't think I have a chance to pull, at the part, if I'm totally honest. I tell Andre all the time, I'm waiting for the box set to come out and to pop it in and it's somebody else's voice. Like, oh, they finally recast me. Okay. I've been waiting for this for 20 20 years, it's finally Jason Marsden or somebody else, so okay, I get it. He looks back on the fan reaction then and now. It's amazing. Um, it was one of those things where this was just pre-internet, so we didn't really have... it. The, you know, it's not the instant feedback that you get nowadays where the show airs and you automatically in five seconds know if people like it or they don't, or if they hate it or how much they hate it. Um, it, it grew, you know, and it was one of those things where we didn't really know how important it was until I think it went to the hub, which was after uh, it, it aired. And uh, it's just stuck around. People love it. And I think one of the reasons for it is that Bruce Wayne is, is an incredible character, complex, dark, but he's a billionaire playboy. Um, Terry is a kid in high school. So a lot, you know, a generation of kids grew up really believing they could become Batman. Like, he's just a regular guy. He doesn't need a billion dollars. He does. He's just a kid in school who you know, was able to put on a cowl. So that, I think, really resonated with a lot of people and, and stuck, which is, uh, yeah, kind of cool. Besides that, what's your favorite quality about Terry that you like? I think his cockiness. It's kind of my favorite quality about Dick Grayson, too, you know? The, the, he and Nightwing, I think, were very similar in a way in that they were... He, he does. He's he, You know, you really see it during the fight with the Joker in Return of the Joker, where he's doesn't play by the rules, he's kicking him in the crotch, he's talking back to him, I mean, he's just, he's not Bruce. And I think there's, um, that alone is a pretty cool quality. 
Uh, so it's it, yeah. He's and and I was just talking about this over there. Everybody always says like, well. Here's the character, you know, if they do it live action, here are the actors I think that should play him. And the list is everybody is 25 to 28 years old. And I keep going, he's 17. And he's supposed to be 17. It's important that he's 17. So I think there was, that was something that really appealed to me as well. Is he's, when, I mean, you, all of us look back at ourselves at 17, we were idiots. And, and so he carries that quality with him and it's something that I think needs to be part of the character so everyone always says that, yeah, it's gotta be this guy it's like he's 29 that's not right it's gotta be it's in the, you should play him like I'm 43 you're missing the point he's 17 so uh, yeah hopefully uh, when they do it live action which I think they will they'll get some unknown 17 year old kid to come in and play the part which would be great as I'm spitting all over your phone did you bring any qualities of your personality to Terry I think so. I mean, I'm, I'm genuine, uh, you know, generally a pretty funny person and the work the room kind of guy. And I think there are certain qualities of Terry and there were times where that came in. He just turned it around and kind of worked the room against the criminals. Right. Um, and I think used that to his advantage. And so I'd like to think I brought in some of my humor, but uh, people always ask, like, how much of it was ad-libbed? It's like, none. All the writing is so spot on that you didn't ad-lib any of it. It was, you know, word for word. It's like Ghostbusters. People are always amazed to know that Bill Murray had one ad-libbed line in Ghostbusters. Every other line was scripted. It's because when it's written that well, you don't have to ad-lib. And that's what, uh, that's what the Batman... I think Batman the Animated Series and beyond had, but the writing was just so good that you didn't need to add anything. Do you think there's anything left to explore about Terry? You know, I, you know one thing that I think would be kind of cool would be exploring a little more of the relationship with his brother. Because one of the things that is interesting that somebody pointed out to me is if in fact Terry is Bruce's clone and his son, then so is Matt. So there's the aspect of having, you know, the, one of the things Amanda Waller says to him is you always need another Batman on hand. And what people didn't realize was there's another one after Terry if he wanted to start training Matt. So I think there's kind of something there to bring Matt on as Robin and then maybe move him up to Batman could have been kind of a cool way to go with it. Um, but yeah, there's certain aspects of, of the family life that would have been interesting. And, um, you know, the, the, I love how Bruce Timm said Batman Beyond takes place 50 years in the future from whenever now is. So, it, you know, it took place 50 years in the future when we started. It takes place 50 years in the future right now. It'll take place 50 years in the future 20 years from now. And so I think also examining what's happening in Gotham in the future is another kind of cool aspect of what we could see. What about the intimidation factor working with Kevin Conroy? Uh, our relationship very much mirrored the relationship between Terry and, and um, Bruce. I had never done an animated series before. He was an old veteran. I mean, to the point where the first day he literally was like, you know, I'm sitting in front of the microphone like this. And he's like, dude, roll your shoulders back, sit up straight, open your diaphragm. I mean, literally mentoring me in how to be a voiceover actor. It's just a completely different discipline. And he has stayed in that role for 20 years now. So And he's Batman. And he's Batman. And the real Batman and the only Batman, in my opinion. So uh, everyone always asks me, like, is Michael Keaton the best Batman? Like, he's great, but no, Kevin's Batman. Um, and always will be. So, uh, yeah, that very much mirrored it. But, uh, you know, I thought I was intimidated working with Kevin, and I was. But then we did Return of the Joker, and I'm in between Kevin and Mark Hamill for two weeks, literally oh, sitting between the two of them just going like this. Play <laughs> was the greatest. So yeah, that, that was slightly intimidating as well. He had to learn voice acting. It's, it's a, you know, like any anything else, it's a learning process. I was, one thing you'll find is you'll find a lot of on-camera actors that you come in and work with you and 
your instinct is just like you were talking to me is to answer you and it's like well you can't do that the microphone's right in front of you so you've got to remember that everybody's talking forward which is a change for an on-camera actor um but other than that it's it, like anything else it's discipline you just have to you learn you learn little tactics you learn little techniques my first oof and ug day was very interesting where you're just sitting there doing oofs and uggs for you know <laughs> uh, 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 that's my entire day and i remember driving home and calling my mom like i i can't even explain to you the day of work i just had do every episode okay you do every episode and it's it's you, you know they might have animated it where they thought it was a you know a fight up close and it turns out you're actually fighting from far away so you've got to you know now scream the lines but other than that it was kicking haws and, and all right now you're gonna get punched and then fall and then fall and then get up so you're, and it's like you're doing that for hours at a time and they're throwing that in you know as they have to and that was my first real like what a bizarre way to make a living kind of day uh, but man was it fun there is more sci-fi talk so stay tuned there are many themes of redemption in this series. Not only that, but it's also we saw that with certain of the villains too. I mean, occasionally, like when the when Mr. Freeze came back, it could have easily been awful, but it, it wasn't. He was another one who had was doing his damnedest to just be better. Um, so I think there we did we hit on themes like that all the time, and and you always need the second chance, and you always need an opportunity. Um, but at the same time, you can't squander it, and you've got to fight for it. Mm. Um, and that's what I think uh, Terry was trying to do. He, he he always had that chip on his shoulder for the mistakes that he made in the past, um, and I think that stuck with him because he was, in a way, avenging himself. You know, it was he was trying to make sure that people knew. And ironically, that nobody knew that he was doing everything he could to make amends for uh, for everything in his past. And there's also his dad now being gone. Bruce became his his father figure, and he was trying to prove to Bruce too that I'm not who I was, and I can change who who I am, which I thought was kind of neat. Uh, when did you guys get the impression that this was actually going to click and work? Like six months ago. Um, <laughs> San Diego Comic Con 2017. No, um, it was strange because again, like we were talking about it, it was pre-internet, so it wasn't instantaneous by any stretch, uh, and it was years really. I mean, we knew that people were liking the show as it was on, but the fact that it was, you know, that it lasted the way that it did, I don't think any of us foresaw that. And Kevin and I talk about that all the time. Like, we're talking 20 years later about this this show that we were doing, and and a show that. They, they pitched in an hour, like in the room, they just threw out an idea and they went, okay, go do that. I mean, this was all so thrown together and then it was the opposite of what Warner Brothers wanted at the time. They wanted a teenage, young, fun Batman. And of course, Bruce Tim goes, okay. <laughs> and uh, I remember being at the screening for it and 10 minutes in, watching two of the WB executives get up and walk out. And it was like, oh, oh, because it wasn't, yes, Batman was younger, but it was dark. And that is not what they were expecting. So I think that resonated with people too. And it just has had this staying power, but none of us foresaw it or, or thought it was like, we got some. What about more adventures? What we've been told, and Bruce said this at, at Comic-Con um, at San Diego this year, he said, if the box set sells really well, there's a chance that we'll be doing another, uh, oh. uh, another feature. Because it, this is a very important project to Bruce and to Glenn and to, every, and to Alan and to everybody because this was wholly created by them. This is not a Bruce Wayne story. This, right. They created the villains. They created Terry. They created... So this is the one where they say if we could do more of anything we want to do more beyond because oh. this is theirs. Um, so hopefully... Where could it possibly go? 
you know, fifty ones. I guess it would depend on how you want to do it. You could either go, uh, or you could do, you know, the, when we saw epilogue. Terry was now older and in, in, the, in the new Justice League. So, I mean, there's so many different ways to go about doing it that I wouldn't even want to speculate. I just want that first script in front of me. Because, uh, man, that, that's going to be good. God willing. Buy the box set. <laughs> and the appeal of the character of Batman. Well, it was what it was was, and I think that's one of the reasons why I, I got the role, I think, is because I was one of the few that went in and did Terry differently than I did Batman. And it was because I realized... Um, nobody would be scared of a 17-year-old's voice coming out from behind, you know, a cowl. So I tried to make him more gravelly. And in his head, it was just him trying to sound like more of a badass. Um, but we didn't want... We wanted to keep it away from, from Kevin and, uh, you know, make sure that we, there was definite delineation between the two voices. But yeah, it was, it was fun to kind of play those two parts. I think the thing, in my opinion, that uh, is that Batman does good changes the world does everything he can with nothing but his wits he doesn't have superpowers he's not sent from another planet to save all of us mortals he does it himself and I think that's something that always I know that resonates with me and I think that's something that resonates with a, with a lot of fans I mean yeah the gadgets are cool and but you get that with James Bond the money's cool you get that with James Bond it's this kind of will to I'm, I'm not gonna stop even if you kill me I'm not gonna stop that Batman has um that I think is, is unique in the in the superhero realm. Any moments that stick out to you? There's a lot of them. I, I you know I like some of the lighter stuff that Kevin and I did. One of my favorites is is when Terry brings Kevin to uh, brings Bruce to Batman the Musical, <laughs> and uh, and he's sitting there watching it, and uh, you know they're trying to and Terry's singing along with it, and, and Bruce is just pissed to be there. And Terry says, it's Shway. And, and Bruce says, it's Schwarbage, and walks out. <laughs> There's something about sitting there watching his, his thing. And uh, the other thing I thought was really cool between us is when um, somebody's trying to take over Bruce's mind. And he, said, he says at the end, he says, yeah, I knew it wasn't, I knew it wasn't possible because he kept, the, the voice in my head kept calling me Bruce. And he said, that's, that's what, not what I call myself. And then Terry says, that's my name now. And so I thought that was that was a cool way to end an episode, too. So, uh, yeah, those, those little moments I had with Kevin were great. He was floored by the guest stars and the quality of the guest stars that came in. Every single week. That's the thing about working with Andrea is you never knew who was going to be in the room. And they're all people that you just... I mean, from the pilot where I, I'm, I'm sitting in this chair right now because of Michael J. Fox and Family Ties. So, I, I mean, it's the only thing I ever wanted to be was, was an actor on, on a sitcom. And the first person I met was Michael Gross, who played Mr. Keaton, who played Terry's dad. Um, Terry Garr played my mom. So that's, that's day one as you walk it's in. pretty impressive. Um, it was amazing. Then, you, you know, you get Henry Rollins, and you get, it was just one after another. Robert Patrick and all these kind of people. And you're just going, I can't, you know, this is the greatest thing ever. Um, John Ritter was there for two episodes. And so I got a, got a chance to work with him before he passed. And it's like, that's a moment I'll always take. Yeah. Well, Bill Macy. I mean, there's, it was just, there's one after another of all these people where, and that's all Andrea. I mean, you just never knew. And it was also people, you would cast people, or she would cast people that you'd never expect in the role that would then just come in and nail it. So it was, yeah, it was great. So who would play an older Batman in live action? Everyone says Michael Keaton. And I think that's great, but I frankly think he's too young. I would go Clint Eastwood. I would have 82-year-old Clint Eastwood as a gravelly old Bruce Wayne. 
that would be my casting. I used to think that Charlton Heston would have been the perfect. <laughs> there you go. Heston. Like, from my Bruce cold, Lee. dead cowl. Yes. <laughs> Quite a miracle. Yeah, yeah. He's like, well, actors never die. They're just unavailable. So uh, I don't think we'd be able to get them. The box set is available. And what a better way to use a gift card from the holidays. Thank you, Gary. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe to Sci-Fi Talk at Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Additionally, you can have free lifetime access to Sci-Fi Talk Plus, featuring early release, exclusive, and uncut episodes. Just click on the link in the show notes, and it's free for a lifetime. And there you can get the entire series, The Golden Age of DC Animation. This is Tony Tolado.